You don't need a million followers. You don't need a thousand clients to make a really great living. I've built my business intentionally so that I can make more without doing more. It's difficult to hold that high vibration. It takes not just knowing, but really trusting yourself. I'll get people where they're like, well, I know you're really busy with work. No, I'm not busy. I'm actually intentional. If there are multiple things you want to do, you can do them all, especially if you're doing them intentionally. Work part-time, make full-time income. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Yes And podcast. As always, I am your host, Bonnie Young, and you're here today for a very special guest episode about... Of course, the podcast is about yes and rather than yes but or an either or type of lifestyle, but I brought you the queen of turning your passion into profits as well as the story behind exactly how she did it. And it's somebody very near and dear to my heart as well as somebody who has a lot of behind the scenes goodness on me. So we'll see what she has to share, but without further ado the one and only Sarah Lambert. Welcome. Thank you so much. What a wonderful intro. That was, I'm just going to play that on repeat every morning. (laughs) You're more than welcome to do it. So yeah, I want to jump right into this because one of the things that I know you hear about a lot and I hear as well from clients is, and this will also give the audience a little bit of a background on you, but is this idea of not knowing where to start. And you have shared that you took this side hustle on maternity leave Mm -hmm. from, you know, a 30K side hustle into a half million dollar business. And Mm -hmm. so how did you do it? Yeah, I think you're so right in that people not knowing where to start stops them from ever doing anything. And the reason that that is in my perspective is because people are thinking too far ahead. And it's this catch 22 because we encourage people to be very connected to that big vision, that long-term vision. And sometimes that can be very empowering. And other times it can be almost crippling because it feels so far away. And so if it does feel so far away and feels crippling because you're then trying to figure out how to get there, you won't know where to start. And so sometimes having that big vision, maybe that's not the right thing to do. And I know for me, when I started, I didn't have this huge elaborate vision. I simply just knew what I didn't want and started taking action away from that. And so if you're in a position where you're not loving where your life is, that's, that can be okay too. I know I don't want this. Let me choose differently. And for me, what that looked like, as you mentioned, was working a corporate job, being pregnant with my first child and working a side hustle. And I knew that once I had a child, once I was a mom, how could I have a corporate job, which required me to be commuting, working eight plus hours a day, commuting home. It was at least a 12 hour day. How am I going to do that? Plus do what I love, which was photography at the time and be a good mom. And I didn't want to have to choose. And when I looked at the things that I wanted to do, it was work for myself, my own business, and be a mom. And previously, I didn't believe that it was possible for me to quit my corporate job because making 
a lot more money than I was in my side hustle. It didn't feel accessible. But what I did know was that there was so much potential online and that I didn't want to be trading my time for money. So right out of the get-go, I decided I was going to create a course. That all came to life while I was on maternity leave. Maternity leave is a year up in Canada. I always like to say that because if you're in the States and you have six weeks, that might sound crazy, but we have a year. And so after Jude was six months old was when I finally had a little bit of energy to put in back into my business, launched my online course, hit six figures, quit my corporate job, and the rest was history. And so in terms of that clarity and those steps to take, it's so important not to get too wrapped up in 10 steps ahead and to just take the next most aligned step forward. I love that. And going, like launching a course, there's a lot of people listening or that either have launched a course or, you know, want to launch a course and are like, yeah, I've made the very best course. And then like crickets. And mm-hmm. you and I have talked about you can borrow an audience, you can build an audience, or you can buy an audience. Mm-hmm. And so on maternity leave, and I have like the the visual in my head of like you in the rocking chair with Jude uh, on one like side and a laptop on the other side, just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, put it all together and you made it work. Mm-hmm. How did you get the audience? I had actually, that's a great question. And I think that trips people up a lot too, because, oh, I only have 200 people. I only have 300 people. I had been building a personal brand for years. And I don't know what started that and why I decided to do that. It wasn't even a conscious decision. I just really enjoyed Instagram. Instagram's my main platform. I really enjoyed sharing and connecting with people online. And that just led to very slowly building a community. And at first it really just looked like I'm going to go find all the people that I've ever met and follow them and connect with them. And I didn't have this big plan. I didn't know, I wasn't planning on making money off of them. It was, it was truly to connect. And I think that's why it worked. And then I started sharing really valuable tips on photography. My course, my first course was beginner photography for mom. So I was sharing tips on how to take photos of kids, very niche down. And I was just sharing tips for free for about a year because I had always planned on launching the course, but it just took way longer. And so I was giving free value for a long time. And it worked in my favor because I built so much trust just with the thousand followers that I had. And from there, it's still the same account that I use. It was my personal account that I first started with. And it has been a slow, I've never really focused on the follower count. It's simply just being, how can I connect and serve the people who are here? And that is how I built my business. And so what was the question again? How did I do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one of the biggest questions mm-hmm. is like how to get mm-hmm. clients, where to get clients. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was very organic and I'm really lucky. And I have, I've seen people make six figures, multiple six figures with less than a thousand followers. And so you don't need a million followers. You don't need a thousand clients to make a really great living. And so just focusing on the people who are there, I think is my biggest tip because again, it's kind of like trying to look too far ahead. Just build a connection with the people who are there and they're going to actually be your biggest fans and they're going to tell everyone about you. 
Yeah. Like serving the people that is, are there is so important. I mm-hmm. see so many brands and people who are so focused on acquisition yeah. that they neglect the retention. Yes. And they l- l- neglect the lifetime value of that customer. Yeah. That actually really irks me in the online space <laughs> because I have been part of, I have been a victim <laughs> of that where there, these people or these businesses are so amazing at marketing and getting people in the door. And then it's like you're left behind once you, once yeah. you've paid. And I, I just don't feel like that is the way to do business at all, as you know, because you have clients who have been with you for years and years and years. And I think that that is the biggest testament to anyone's business. Yeah. And, you know, you had said something that I want to go back to. You said you were lucky. And I want to argue with you a little bit on that with so much love and the aspect that you've always been very intentional. Mm -hmm. And so I don't see it as luck. I see it as intentionality in Mm -hmm. what you do and in pouring into the clients that you have and the audience that you have. And it's like you give people the same amount of love, whether or not they're paying you. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't get one-on-one time with you as mm-hmm. your paying clients do, but it's not like you, you know, don't give openly of yourself mm-hmm. on that platform. And I think that's what has such a high conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And I think intentionality is so important. Like it's everything really. Yeah. If you can be intentional about the things that you're doing in your life, in your business, then you're not going to have any regrets. And absolutely there, it's this, it's almost this intentionality without realizing it because it's also what's authentic and what's aligned. And so it doesn't even feel intentional in a way. It's just who we are, right? It's, it's so easy when it is who you are, which is a beautiful, it's a beautiful place to be. Well, jumping into the intentionality and the alignment and getting a little bit more juicy, one of the Mm -hmm. things that um, you and I had discussed offline is a little bit of setting intentions and manifestation. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. How has that played a role in building a business? It's The conversations we never thought we'd have. I know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's so fun because you almost can't really understand manifestation until you you're seeing it happen. You you know, you can't predict it. You can't you can't plan it out. And that's actually what trips people up, right? Everyone wants to control and be able to predict. And one of the biggest things that we've always talked about is being able to leave room for magic. Right? Yeah. It's like Bunny is the num- like best planner, giver us like spreadsheet queen, can have it all mapped out, all planned out like a boss. And I would always be saying, leave room for magic. Leave room- Don't plan too much, leave room for magic. And that can be hard for a lot of people. And I know it was hard for me too in the beginning because I wanted to be able to control and know, be for certain, yeah. like what can- doing the most. But what I have found is that the looser, the looser our grip on things, the the more they're going to come to us. And that has required a lot of personal development and growth on my part. And that's 
part of the work that we do with my clients because it's such an important part of being able to manifest. And really everything in our life is just a manifestation of previous thoughts, actions, versions of ourselves, And, um, it's been fun to kind of see how that's played out. It, it plays at it. For example, um, I, I know what Bunny's alluding to, a funny story. I was just traveling and my girlfriends and I went to, to Nashville where we're big country fans, but I don't own a pair of cowboy boots. Bunny, you own a pair of cowboy boots. I'm sure you do. I own seven. Seven. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> like, you're like, which pair? Um, so I don't own a pair. And we walked into a bar. I could have lent you some. I, I feel like we might not be the same size foot, but I would have. <laughs> I'm like half your, I'm like up to your waist. <laughs> um, no, but we walk into the bar and we walk into a bar and we meet a bunch of older gentlemen and there we start chatting with them and they're buying us some drinks. And one of the guys just says to me, you don't have a pair of cowboy boots. And I said, no, I don't. He said, do you want a pair? And I said, maybe. And he said, well, let's go get some. I've never bought, I've never bought a random person a, a pair of boots. So my girlfriend and I go across the street to the boot barn and he's just standing at the door, like make this quick. We pick a pair of shiny, sparkly boots, oh my walk God. up to the cash. He says, keep them on, throws down $300 cash. We walk out and uh, I bought him, I bought him and his friends a round of drinks and we said goodbye. And so it's just so funny because I didn't, I, before going, I was like, oh, maybe I should get a pair of boots. And I never did. And then all of a sudden I'm there and somebody buys me a pair of boots. And it's just a fun, it was a fun manifestation because it's so easy to be detached from something like that. But then when it comes to our business, our livelihood, our our whole personality becomes intertwined with our results. And we end up stifling any kind of magic or any kind of fire that we can create. And so that was one very obvious and fun manifestation. Um, but just being able to, in my business, create create the spaciousness that I have, that has been my best, most amazing manifestation. And, and it takes intentionality and knowing what you want and just taking those actions towards it. Yeah. And the clarity on like how it feels. This is something that mm. we've talked about a lot on like how you want it to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you had perfectly imagined sparkly cowboy boots. I couldn't have, <laughs> I couldn't have dreamed them. I couldn't have even dreamed them up. It always turns out better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just knowing how you want it to to feel, though, and yeah. that spaciousness that you talk about. One of the things that I've been talking about with um, our group, like in Defy, is kind of setting that energy. I think, it, and this is my hypothesis, is being in Nashville and being surrounded by all of your best friends mm-hmm. and being in, like, the country capital that all elevates that energy and that manifestation. It mm-hmm. sometimes is really difficult to manifest when you're surrounded by people who are not at mm-hmm. that frequency, who don't believe yes. that you're capable of your highest and best. And this is difficult when you're building a company, especially like you were building a side hustle in a corporate environment. And mm-hmm. then when you stepped out of the corporate environment, lo and behold, like mm-hmm. 
it became elevated because you weren't stuck in a corporate environment and corporate mindset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The energy is so different. And you're so right. I love that around just even going to a new place. I know you travel a ton. You love to travel. And I was actually really excited about just getting to be in the energy that I'm in right now somewhere else. And somewhere that really does hold a very high vibration, live music, everyone's feeling great. The, you know, alcohol helps that, but (laughs) (laughs) for me, it's the music, right? Music just raises your vibration when it's music you love. And so I was actually really, really excited to be able to go and, and be in at my highest frequency. And it felt so good. And I've, been intentional about holding that vibration since I got home. And one of the things that I know to be true is that my kids' energy and my kids' behavior and my kids' receptivity to me is directly correlated to my own energy, Mm -hmm. which is a hard pill to swallow when I am not feeling so great and I have to take full responsibility for that. But wow, it's I actually haven't even really, really reflected on this until this moment, but since I got home, I just chalked it up to them missing me, which is probably part of it. But it's, you know, I've been home for four days now and their energy is just so great. But when I look at my own energy, my energy has been amazing. And I'm just, it's fun to be able to tap into a higher frequency and then, and then get to hold that. Yeah. And how it impacts everything from your finances, to your energy, to, like you said, your relationships and your family. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, when you started this journey, and I'm also curious about how you explained to your hubby the whole boots story, because, (laughs) you know, when when you're not at that Mm -hmm. higher frequency, this is something that I've experienced with my husband and my family. Like, now I can get away with saying insane stuff. Like, last year, I'm going to take a year off and live in Europe. Mm -hmm. And my family will be like, okay. But, like— 10 years ago, they would be like, yeah, no, that's that's not reality, right? Yeah. Like, And so I kind of wonder if the energy came first or the evidence had to come first with my family's expectations. And so I just wonder what your experience has been in your marriage, as well as kind of explaining manifestation and miracles. And mm-hmm. I'm, I know at this point that your hubby trusts you that if you say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it probably didn't start that way. No, absolutely not. I think it's very common for in your relationship when it comes to this kind of thing for some one person to be a little bit, I don't want to say ahead in a winning type of way, but just a little bit more ahead in terms of understanding the energy or being interested in the energy. And that was me in our relationship, but he's always been very open, which is something that I am so grateful for because it makes it so easy to talk to him about these things. And he's always been very open and such a believer. But I think that question around what came first, the evidence or the energy, um, such a good question. And I would have to say that it's the energy because there was no evidence in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He he didn't wait to believe in me until there was evidence. He believed in me because he knew me and he he felt my energy and he, uh, you know, is my soulmate. And so for us, it was definitely the energy. However, with the evidence, that 
that belief becomes even stronger, which is what it's like for all of us, right? Yeah. And so I think it is a bit of a dance where that belief can, it starts with the energy, but then it snowballs. I know for me, the experience was like, and my dad reflected this back to me um, a couple months ago. I can't remember the specific like situation, but I was having a conversation with him and he's like, it sounds like you're asking me for permission and that's mm-hmm. not necessary. And I found that, like I noticed that and I looked back at like my story where it's like, I can do this. Can I do this? And mm-hmm. and like you said, it's a little bit of a dance. And so being able to have those people who are a full body, like F yes to your narrative and supporting you and... You know, personally, over the last two years, there's been a ton of things in my own life where it's difficult to hold that high vibration. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen that dance of even coming to you and being like, hey, can you just hold up a mirror for me for a second? Because, you know, I'm struggle busting a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so I think that I'm sharing that because I want to make sure that for those of you listening, understand that like, yes, you can go through a difficult time and still achieve everything that you want. Like, and yes, you can manifest everything you want and still have difficult times. I think both of those Mm. are true for me. Oh, that is so important for people that, for everyone to understand, because when I say hold the vibration, it's not that you have to be happy all the time and you have to be positive all the time. There's no toxic positivity involved. It's simply just the beliefs that you have for yourself are unwavering to an extent, like, like it, and you, you can't see me, but the waves are shorter. So it's yeah. not this high and low. It's this yeah. small vibrational up and down, which is normal because we're humans and maybe it'll dip a little bit, but then it, it goes back up, but there's not these drastic highs and lows. I think that's holding the vibration. The vibration isn't stay here. It's, this is my new range that I'm in. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I you love can that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you brought um, to me was learning even more about myself, which mm-hmm. was so interesting with being a therapist, because I feel like I've taken every personality test under Mm -hmm. the sun, but something that you and I talked about was human design. Mm -hmm. Um, And you continue to reflect back to me, you know, like, oh, well, you're a projector, so that makes sense. And it's like something that you shared with me is that human design doesn't tell you who you are. It just gives you more, like, pieces of the puzzle Mm-hmm. to kind of explain your experience. Am I, am I sharing yeah, that correctly? It's, it's like your energetic blueprint. And yeah. so unlike the Enneagram and other personality tests, like what's the other one? The 16 personalities, the Myers-Briggs, those yeah. are based on your personality, which we know is conditioning. And so the cool thing about human design is it strips away the conditioning and shows you how your energy works in the world and how your energy is received. And that is a really valuable thing to understand because if we simply are living by our conditioning, then we're, we're limited. But when we can really tune into the power that we have and how our energy is here to work with others and, uh, feel most aligned, then 
not only is it very permission giving, but it's also very a very powerful tool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's another tool in your toolbox to help you mm-hmm. succeed. Exactly. Yeah. And I I think that the biggest thing for people especially for those who are the less common types like yourself, you're not the most you're you're 20% of people are projectors like you, but for for the people who are projectors who are raised in a generator manifesting generator world and have been conditioned to operate the same way that 70% of the population does it's kind of hard to just say no that's not how my energy works without receiving judgment either from others or for yourself or from yourself or both and so yeah. i've i've had people in tears when they find this out and they say this is me this makes sense I was criticized for and told I was lazy when the truth is my energy is not meant to be working eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Rest is just as important. Well, we knew that about me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We know consciously, however, getting you to slow down sometimes can be hard. Sometimes I feel like a sloth. (laughs) I'm like, okay, and it's time for a nap now. (laughs) And then you you have your hundred things in your calendar, yes. CEO yeah. mode, right? Which is okay. It doesn't, it's also everyone works differently and that that the human design chart shares so much. And so each type, each person is going to operate in such a different way. Um, and you'll know when you're in alignment. And so once you're in tune with your intuition, it doesn't even matter about knowing your chart. You can trust your intuition and that will tell you when to stop and when to go. Yeah. What, what, one of the things that, and it's so funny how like our childhood ends up shaping, you know, our adulthood and our experiences, but growing up surfing and working with my energy with waves and with surfing and also doing horseback riding, but I'm going to stick with the surfing analogy is like, even knowing that I'm not designed to work eight hours a day or 10 Mm -hmm. hours a day. And that's, not how my energy works. It Mm -hmm. allowed me to kind of fold in. Well, when I was surfing, it's like you put out this energy to paddle out and then you have this rest period Mm -hmm. waiting for a good wave. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know about any other surfers out there, but I picked a good wave, not Mm -hmm. just any wave. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the energy that you put out, you end up getting to ride that wave all the way back to shore. And like, it allowed me, and, you know, Kate Northrup does a lot with working with, like, the lunar cycles mm-hmm. and our cycles as women, and even men have cycles, and working with that energy. And it's just funny because it's something that I intuitively did my entire life because I was a surfer. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I put out this big burst of energy. Mm-hmm. And I remember even in softball, I was like, I'd rather hit the ball really far over the fence and walk around the bases than I would, you know, like have hit to a single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like have to pay attention and, you know, run the bases and even yeah. getting to high school when they were like, do you want a runner? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want a runner. Let's delegate that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. That's amazing. So you've always yeah. just been in tune with that energy, which is amazing. Yes. But it's mm-hmm. it takes knowing yourself and like Mm -hmm. trusting yourself, not Mm -hmm. just knowing, but really trusting yourself, you know, dropping out of that, the mind, because there was a lot of conditioning, like you said, in athletics and in school that it was like, go, 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 push, push, Mm -hmm. push, even going into university and college and grad school, you Mm -hmm. know, it was, 
um, I just remember getting my degree in therapy, knowing what I wanted to do in therapy, but no, you have to learn all of these things, which that's great. You know, getting a general education, even in your undergraduate may spark something else and it's a good foundation, but it's like, you also trust yourself and know Mm -hmm. that for me, it was better to go deep than wide. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a good awareness to have. And just so powerful that you were able to do that because like you said, like society doesn't always support that. And it's crazy because we're breaking cycles in this lifetime, right? You and I, and so many others and everyone listening to this, I'm sure we're we're breaking those cycles. And one of the discomforts that I have felt recently, because I've built my business intentionally so that I can make more without doing more. And I put in the work so that I could now have a very spacious calendar, work part-time, make full-time income. And so I get the question all the time from family, friends, oh, how's work? Are you busy? And I know that the question is directly, my busyness is directly related to my success in their eyes. But I don't feel busy. I the business is doing great, but I'm not busy. I don't glorify busy. But how I've had these moments of how do I respond to this? It's easy just to say, yeah, things are busy. It's great. But sometimes I'll allow it to get a little uncomfortable and be like, oh, the business is doing amazing, but I'm not busy. I'm good. And it's kind of confusing for people like, what? But we know yeah. what it means. And and I also, it's so funny that you bring that up because like I'm realizing as well, that I'll get people to that justify that in my life where they're like, well, I know you're really busy with work. No, I'm not mm-hmm. busy. I'm actually intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also curious because as much travel as we've been doing, people want to justify that and say, well, is it for work? Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to yeah. kind of see. And, you know, who I surround myself with these days are a lot more like-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. And so I love that because if I do have a business question about how to optimize something, like they are of the mindset of how to do it, like you said, with a make more, do less. Mm -hmm. And it's not just make more money. I want everybody to make sure that they're hearing like it's an impact as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm able to bring my best. You don't want me to coach you after working six hours. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you don't want that. No. And, you know, so I also want you to hear that, like, Sarah and I are definitely giving you permission to design that life that works for you. You don't have to design a life that's based on what I shared or what sh- what Sarah shared. Mm-hmm. Like, what what works for you? Because we both have friends that love working 10-hour days. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, I love work. I just— don't love working six, seven, 10 hour days. Oh, you know what? If I could work 10 hour days and have five hours to do fun things and have five hours to spend with my kids and sleep eight hours, we just need more hours in the day because I actually love working too. I'm a, I'm a manifesting generator, but with the 24 hours, I don't want to spend 10, eight. I don't want to spend all that time working. There's, there's life to live. Yeah. I definitely hear that. So One last thing of what, well, you can choose. I'm going to ask you either, you, well, I'm not going to ask you, you get to choose. What is your 
struggle right now that you're working through and how are you working through it? Because mm-hmm. um, I think just giving those concrete steps and kind of landing it for people is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and you can also do both. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your definition of yes and right now? Mm. Okay. I think the struggle one is most relevant for me at the moment. So there has been so many shifts happening energetically for me. And when that happens, it's reflected externally. And so what the things that I had planned to do this year and put on my vision board and mapped out with my team, the last couple months have felt very, I felt very disconnected from. And so my struggle over the past couple of months, I'm on the other side of it now just, but the struggle I think is really relevant for people is that feeling misaligned from something, but almost holding on to it and not wanting to let go because, well, I said I was going to do this and I, I don't want to seem flaky or I shouldn't change. I could, should stay committed So I had to ride the waves that over a couple months of, okay, I'm not actually posting on social media as much. I'm not launching anything right now. I'm allowing myself to ride this wave to to clarity because I knew that doing more and just continuing to do the same things wasn't going to get me to the clarity of where I was going. I, I couldn't see it. And so the struggle was allowing myself to, to surrender and to not force things because I had originally planned it. And instead to open myself up again to that magic. And in doing so, I've gotten a lot of clarity and have my business. I've taken everything down from my vision board and created a whole new vision board. You know, you're allowed to do that at any point. Um, Having another meeting with my team to remap everything out because it's just when you know something's not right, it, it can be a struggle, but can also be a huge opportunity. And that's what I've been, uh, been working through the last couple of months. And it, it feels very uncomfortable at the time, but it, I, I'm in a good place now. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, and my definition of yes. And is what we were talking about off the top, not having to choose, not having to choose between the things that you love. I think that in life you do have to choose you have to make choices, you have to make sacrifices and you have to be intentional, but you don't have to, you don't have to choose between the things that you love. If there are thing, multiple things you want to do, you can do them all, especially if you're doing them intentionally. I love that. I love that. That's a great place to pause this conversation because we'll mm-hmm. definitely continue this conversation both uh, with each other and with those of you listening. And so, Sarah, thank you so much for being here and thank you for bringing all of your wisdom to the Yes And podcast. My pleasure. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> and we both love each and every one of you wherever you have taken us, whether it's a nice walk on the beach or you're working out on the treadmill or you just have us in as you are making your morning coffee. We really, really do appreciate you being here and listening. And the greatest compliment that you could give is to share, review this episode. 
honestly, share it with somebody that you want to elevate their vibration or you want them to help you elevate and hold your vibration. That would be a great piece of homework and a takeaway from this particular episode. Thank you so much for joining us for the Yes And podcast. Until the next episode, remember that you can absolutely have it all. 